This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. And as you can tell by the truncated version of this intro, we got another breaking news edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Seems like all of our episodes these days are breaking news episodes. Uh, but that's not such a bad thing for the Vols because there's lots of stuff going on. Let's go across town to that home daycare center, get to the one and the only Ryan Callahan. Ryan, I guess people probably have an idea why we're having another one of these, but please go ahead and tell them anyway. Tennessee has made another addition to its 2023 recruiting class, and it's another highly ranked prospect for the second day in a row, a top 247 prospect, this time four-star offensive lineman Shamarad Umarov from Denmark High School in Alpharetta, Georgia. That is not Denmark the country, just Denmark High School. I did have to talk to someone about that recently who thought Tennessee was getting someone from Denmark. That's not the case, although he does have an interesting background. He yes. uh, has a Tur- Turkish family was born in Russia, moved to Georgia when he was about one. Georgia the and state. Spent, Georgia the state. Georgia, yeah, correct. Georgia the state, not Georgia the country. Uh, and, uh, and has basically lived in, in Georgia most of, pretty much his whole life, uh, as he said. So he's got, you know, he doesn't have a, a like strong accent when you talk to him, but he has this, uh, this, this rich family heritage. You know, on his, on his official visit to Tennessee last month, he had a Turkish flag in, in some of the photos that he took with his family. So uh, so very, very clearly a different background. That's, that's what, you know, the, the, the name that explains it. You're probably wondering what, what kind of name Umarov is. So, so yes, Turkish descent. Um, but yeah, has, has spent most of his life in the U S but, uh, but yeah, uh, big pickup here for Tennessee, a top two forty seven prospect again, and Tennessee beating out Georgia LSU and Michigan state to land him. Those were his, uh, four official visits last month. And a guy that Tennessee really prioritized for, uh, for quite a while, they offered him back in late October of last year. They were second SEC offer at the time, so credit them for being in pretty early on him and uh, got him on campus three times between late January and June uh, before ultimately landing him. And what was a pretty close race, I think, in the end between Tennessee and Georgia. I think he always liked Georgia, but Tennessee simply, in this case, probably did a just did a better job recruiting him in some ways, just made him feel more wanted. And I think there's a, a an obvious reason for that. Just a big priority for Tennessee on the offensive line and a a big kid will get more into his game in a minute, but six foot six, he says six foot six and a half, maybe even, but six foot six, 337 pounds. So that you've got length and a lot of size, a lot of weight behind that length as well. So very athletic for a guy that size and, and a lot of upside, I think big enough that he can certainly play tackle at the next level. So this is a big pickup for Tennessee for a lot of reasons. Uh, but someone they've definitely wanted for a long time and are happy to add to their offensive line. Yeah, th- there's a lot of things to break down from what you just said, Ryan. And we got a couple, you know, we got a couple segments to do that. But, but I, I guess I'll start with this. It's not very often, uh, at least in the past, let's say, dozen years or so, 
that Tennessee has actually gone into Georgia and gotten a player that Georgia wanted and offered and had for an official visit and did all of those things. And, and I know that I'm sure if we went back and put our thinking caps on, we, we could probably, if we thought about it, we could probably think of others that have been like that in recent years. But there haven't been a lot, and there's been a reason for that. Georgia uh, has obviously finally gotten run as a program the way it probably always should have been run. And Tennessee has been, uh, you know, it's been struggling for the past, you know, 12, 14 years. Let's call it what it is. It's been a blip. Now, to go back into Georgia, into this state, and get someone, you know, basically a Georgia native, a kid Georgia offered, kid that Georgia had on an official visit. This is a big deal for Tennessee. Like maybe this isn't something that that's like you know when when Nico, you know, Iamaliava commits or something. But this is a big, big deal. It is, and, uh, and and again, these are the types of offensive linemen. You know, this is you know Addison Nichols last year would have been a good example. Uh, you know, Georgia was heavily involved there. Tennessee had a connection. Uh, you know, family ties, obviously, with his mother having uh, ha- having, you know, ha- his grandparents in Knoxville. His mother went to Tennessee like there, there was all that. But you, you could count on, on probably one hand over the last several years, the number of guys Tennessee's gotten out of Georgia where Georgia was that heavily involved. And there wasn't some sort of connection there that helped Tennessee land them in the end. That's what's different and, and impressive about this one is no no really direct tie there. There's not a, you know, a strong connection on his on his coaching staff that made this one a slam dunk or anything like that. Like this is just a, a, a legitimate recruiting battle that Tennessee had no uh, inside track on. And they, they found a way to, to, to pull it off. And this, you know, a guy with 30 plus offers, uh, you know, again, you're taking official visits to LSU in Georgia. You're, you're a pretty good player. And uh, so, so Tennessee just did a, did a great job of recruiting him and, and was in there early, Got him on campus pretty early back in late January, just as his uh, recruitment really started to heat up. I think it was around that time that he got his offers from Auburn and LSU and Georgia uh, as well around that time. Uh, But Tennessee was in there early enough that uh, they were able to get him on campus early this year. And they really impressed him, I think, on that first visit. I remember talking about all the all the one-on-one time he got with Glenn Ellerby, the offensive line coach, on that visit that Ellerby kind of just stayed with his family the entire day. and, And that really made an impression on him. So I think in this case, the way Tennessee recruited him was the difference. And, you know, these sorts of interactions between fan bases are always interesting. You know, I'm sure some Georgia fans, you might hear some today say, well, uh, Tennessee got him because, you know, Georgia didn't press for it, didn't really push for him, didn't go all out for him. And and maybe there's some truth to that. But the bottom line is this is a guy Georgia was very actively recruiting. Brought him in for for an official. Like, they're not doing that. They they can't just – they don't have unlimited official visits, Ryan, if they're giving those away. Exactly. You get get 56 official visits a year. So, yes, Georgia – I don't think Georgia went all out for him in some ways. You know, they were not recruiting him and as desperate to to get him. Uh, They weren't recruiting him as hard as Tennessee was, I would say. Uh, But that's also to Tennessee's credit. I think Tennessee just did a really nice job with him. But, you know, I think he just got the sense that he was – frankly, more wanted at Tennessee, and that was maybe the difference in the end. And also just had a great relationship with Tennessee's coaches, including Glenn Ellerby. I think he's, he's just excited about the chance to play for a coach that he's got that good of a connection with. And so he always liked Georgia, thought thought it might be tough for Tennessee to beat out Georgia, but they're able to do it in the end and get a get a player at a obviously at a position of need uh, that they, they really wanted out of the Atlanta area. So they continue to, to, to get a lot of work done in, in the Atlanta area and in the state of Georgia. And uh, a big pickup for for a lot of reasons. Yeah, and there's a lot more because I I think we'll probably spend a lot of the second segment, at least in some ways, discussing sort of the more holistic what does this mean thing because you know you, you don't get Maui Noah 
And so you come back with this, and it's huge. You can also talk about how, and we will, uh, about Tennessee being the first to offer the, you know, or first or second Power 5 school to really get in here and offer a lot of these kids. You've heard that a lot in the past month because that's it's been the case. Tennessee has done that. We'll talk about that, too. There's a lot of other things we'll discuss, but I don't want how good of a player this is, or prospect, I should say this is, to get lost in the shuffle. Ryan, what kind of a prospect is this? Because you talk about a kid, it's not often that you see a kid with this kind of size already in high school, and you can say, no, I think this kid can be a tackle. Normally you look at him and go, no, that weight, he's going to have to slim down or maybe move inside. This kid, Ryan, he just kind of looks like he could be a tackle and maybe a really, really good one at some point. Yeah, and and that's why I – I'm not surprised that Georgia was heavily involved because this is this is their kind of tackle. You know, this is the kind of guy they love to recruit a lot of times at that right tackle spot that's got the length to play there, but also has the strength and the size to be a mauler in the run game. Um, so I, I, you know, I've gotten that question a lot from from Tennessee fans over the past year and a half. Like, are, does Tennessee don't they want more athletic offensive linemen, especially tackles that can run and keep up in this system? They do, but they're definitely not afraid to go after 300-plus pounders and, in fact, in many cases prefer that because they want guys who still can can be powerful and, and dominant in the run game. They want to run the ball, as we saw last year and as we've seen throughout Josh Heupel's tenure as head coach. He wants to run fast but run the ball, not necessarily throw it 70% of the time. They're going to uh, rush to the line of scrimmage and run inside traps and zones and stuff like that, and that's that's what they do. So. Uh, Sh- Shamrod Umaro fits very well with that kind of system, and he's athletic enough to to, to do all the, the fast-paced offensive things, and to to be still athletic enough to be a good pass protector at tackle. And, and I think he can be a tackle again. He has that length, he has the athleticism. So even though you see that size, 337 pounds, and that is pretty up to date, by the way. That's what he said he he measured in at on his official visit to Knoxville just a few weeks ago. So that is a that is a legit measurement. He was listed at 315 or so not too long ago on his 24-7 sports profile, so we got that uh, a little more updated. He is a big, big kid, but he carries that weight pretty well. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't rule out. I, I think it's realistic that he could you know, need to need to shave a few pounds off that. I think maybe ideally he'd play in the 320, 325 range, but he's he's not at all out of shape and is a, is a good athlete for, for how big of a kid he is. So I think this is just one of those giant human beings, frankly, that just is a – is a good fit for almost any system because he's a good athlete and he's got a lot of upside as a as kind of a run blocking mauler uh, and, and really at either guard or tackle. I mean, he's a guy that could play pretty much anywhere on the offensive line with that size. But I think realistically, he, he's a right tackle. I think that's probably where he fits in best. Yeah, and there, I have, I'll just put my hand in the air there. There, you said that a lot of Tennessee fans have been surprised at sometimes some of the size on the offensive linemen they want to recruit because it doesn't seem like it's a fit when you just think off the top of your head about what Tennessee does offensively. And I legitimately also believed that Tennessee would recruit more athletic kind of linemen that they would want to put some weight on, smaller guys, faster guys. They have not done that there all the time, and they have not done that at running back really either. There have been two sp- – there's a couple spots on the offensive line and at running back where Tennessee is frankly recruiting bigger guys than I thought it would, not in terms of, of, of their rankings or anything, but I mean in terms of their physical size. And, and, and I got to think that that's a coaching staff that understands – they, they want to run their system, but um, they also know what league they play in, I think. That's, I think that's definitely part of it. I, I think realistically, too, it's just it's probably what they've always liked to do in, in general. You know, 
Glenn Ellerby's been at Missouri uh, and, and UCF before Tennessee. So, like, I, I think – I think if they had their choice, they would have probably been recruiting these types of players at, at every stop along the way. It's just sometimes you when you have, yeah, you can't get guys that have it all. And so when you get to a bigger, a bigger program, a higher level program like Tennessee, you can, you can go out and get more of the guys who are sort of the prototypical fit. And, and the problem you usually run into and why you see, you know, some of these types of systems have, have coaching staffs that go after tackles who are more 270 to 290 is because you need to take the developmental guys a lot of times because that's what you can get. Uh, you can go get a three-star who's who's maybe 255 pounds because he needs to develop and is a couple of years away from playing, and then he turns into an NFL prospect or whatever it might be. Um, in this case, you can get a guy who is 337 pounds like Shamrod Umro, who's actually a pretty good athlete. So uh, those are harder to get, uh, especially when you're at a, at a slightly lower-level program. And, and no question, you can go out and, and be competitive for those types of players at the SEC level. It's sort of what you're running to on the defensive line, what we've talked about with Rodney Garner and what he wants on the defensive line. You're more likely to see him go after guys who are 290 and below because he wants guys who are disruptive. But occasionally you will see them still go after 300-plus pounders. It's just going to be the ones who are still pretty active. You don't want slow guys up front. You don't want guys who are unathletic on the offensive line. So if all things are equal, they'll take the heavy guy. It's just got to be someone who's pretty athletic, and in this case, Shamrod Umarov definitely fits that description. Yeah, big, fast, physical, all those things. Uh, it almost sounds like uh, what Tennessee football has been for a lot of its existence and is trying to get back to. It's a big, big deal uh, getting a player like this, and there's several players in this class who I think fit that bill too. This is a, a very, very exciting-looking Tennessee football recruiting class right now. I think there's no two ways about that. We try on this in GoVol 24-7, generally speaking, we try to keep things pretty level-headed in terms of eh, it's not always as good or bad as it seems, but but right now, I think with this class, it is 100% safe to say this is a very exciting-looking class, but there's a lot to discuss about that. Well, before we get too much farther on that, I wanted to throw this in there. If you're not already following Cooper Patagna, one of our national uh, recruiting analysts that is, is newer to the network, uh, I believe joined the joined the twenty four seven sports staff last year. Sometime um, had some really good input on, on Tennessee's commitment from uh, from Cameron Selden uh, on Thursday afternoon. Obviously, we, we touched on that one yesterday. But uh, after that, uh, after that pickup, he said, uh, "Going to be some freaks." This is on his Twitter account, which you can follow him at c p e t a g n a two four seven. A good follow on there with all these commitments happening this summer. But Cooper tweeted going to be some freaks, and he put that in all caps, running around in Knoxville a few short years from now. Nico Iamaliava, Cameron Selden, Ethan Davis, and Jonathan Eccles, to name a few. Sign me up for whatever that is. So no question, it's catching some people's attention. It's a good recruiting class. There's, there are going to be a lot of good recruiting classes this year. I think the wealth is getting spread around a little bit more, but no question, Tennessee is getting some attention, and they're getting some legitimately good prospects in this class. This is We've seen some classes at Tennessee in recent years that I would say were more we're more sizzle than steak, maybe in some cases. Uh, th- this to me is a class that's going to be pretty highly regarded, but pretty for legitimately meaty. good reasons. Pretty meaty. Yeah. Pretty meaty. There, and, and definitely, yes, good size, good athleticism. And a lot of these players, they're, they're going to have some fun, fun pieces to, to work with over the next few years. Yeah. Spreading the wealth. That was your NIL joke. I'm, I'm going to call that. Even though you didn't maybe think of it that way, uh, I'm going to go ahead and call it that. That was, a, was that your secret NIL joke? I I was gonna sneak that one in there and see if anyone picked up on it, but you know now that's it's not so subtle anymore. So yeah, I'm quick like a cat. 
quick like a cat. <laughs> Call me old man one more time. See what happens. Call me old again. See what happens. <laughs> Guys, we got a lot more to discuss about this. This is another big, big day. And what's been a lot of big days recently for Tennessee football and recruiting recently, let's call it what it is. Exciting times these are. Plenty more to discuss about that. Before we do that, though, we are overdue for a break, so we're going to listen to some bills, products, services, uh, pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house sets, et cetera. My God, now I do sound old. Be right back here in just one second on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride-or-die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back to the GoVols 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from across town there at his home daycare center. We're talking about another big day for Tennessee football recruiting. The Vols have added another major, major piece to this recruiting class. The Vols have gotten a commitment from Shamarad Umarov. Umarov, I should say. I want to make sure I get it right. Six uh, foot. Uh, did I get it right, Ryan? Was it close? Y- Umarov. It is the it is the uh, the U sound. The hard U. The hard U. Hard U. Hard U. So we'll say it again. The hard U. Anyways, big, big deal for Tennessee. This is a kid who, at 24-7 Sports, we've got him ranked as the number 204 overall prospect in the country, a kid from the state of Georgia that, that Georgia had offered and brought in for an official visit and wanted, and Tennessee has gone down to the Peach State and gotten this one. This is a big, big deal. Lots more to discuss about this. But uh, before we do that, just a quick reminder, guys, quick quick uh, request from our end, if you will. If you could take about 60, 60, uh, 60 75, 90 seconds, somewhere, somewhere, somewhere around there. 60, 75, 90 seconds out of your day right now and go in there and please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. That would help us out a lot. We say it every time for a reason. It is that important. If you're just listening for free on the website, guys, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. We, we love – there's no wrong way to consume this podcast. Uh, and it's still free if you go on there in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher – 
anywhere in the world you can cast a fine pod. You can find this Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We do this for free, and we are happy to do it. It's a labor of love, no complaints. Uh, but the one thing we ask for, please rate, review, subscribe, and tell some friends so we can keep adding wolves to this wolf pack as we have done since we started this thing years ago. If you're already doing that, thank you. We love you. If not, uh, go f*** yourself. That's the, that's the motto. Ryan, you hit on a few things there in the first segment that I really wanted to, to make sure we discussed before we, get out, before we got out of here. You said this again with, with, with Dr. Sham here. Tennessee, one of the very first Power 5 programs that got in there and offered him. And we have heard that a hell of a lot throughout this recruiting cycle. For several guys that Tennessee's gotten, it's Tennessee was one of the first schools to offer him. Tennessee was one of the first schools to get in there. What is Tennessee doing? Because Hypo and his guys have not been here that long, really. I mean, you're talking about, what, a year and a half at this point? They've not been here that long. But this staff is getting in here, and it is getting guys. It's getting on guys early. How is it doing that? Well, it comes with being thorough in your evaluations. I think it's a, a lot of it is just making sure that you are uh, you know, ha- having – assistant coaches who are handling their recruiting territories the way they're supposed to, you know, if, if you, if you have a certain area, you're supposed to be keeping tabs on guys to the point that, you know, you're ideally hearing about them before they've, they've really started to break out. You know, you've got coaches telling you about guys, Hey, you, you might want to take a look at this guy, things like that. So sometimes it's as simple as that. Uh, sometimes it's as simple as watching all the film you can and, and coming across those guys. But uh, if it comes down to decision-making, you know, different programs have different approaches to this. It depends on the area you're recruiting. You might see Tennessee be more selective in offering in-state players sometimes, for instance, because you don't want to offer an in-state player that you're not pretty serious about um, because you don't, you just don't want to, you know, risk burning bridges in state by, you know, offering someone that you end up you know, having to pass on or, or, or whatever. So it, it, you have to take different approaches in different areas sometimes, but uh, the bottom line is Tennessee has been at a point in its program. And, and this has been the case for a number of years, I would say, where you, you've got to be in there early. Um, you know, you're you're not at the point that a Georgia or an Alabama or an Ohio State is in terms of what, competing for championships. So to get a player's attention, you've got to be one of the first to, to get a foot in the door. And I think that's where having some guys who have been at Tennessee before on staff has helped Tennessee, having people like Scott Altizer, um, Brandon Lawson, guys like that in the in Tennessee's recruiting office, um, Angelia Brummett, you know, ha- having someone like that heading up uh, on-campus visits. You know, those people understand – uh, that, that you have to have to be proactive, you have to get in there early, uh, and, and you have to uh, have to make Tennessee a point of discussion for a player before things really heat up. So that that kind of thing it does. You're right; it, it pays off. Uh, we we saw Tennessee early, you know, among the early contenders for Ethan Davis last year. Um, certainly, Shamrod Umaro back in the fall. They were a second SEC offer, as I mentioned before. Florida, I think, was the first um, back last summer, but Tennessee liked his film this past season and went, went down to his school during the open date last October and offered him then. So it's just making the most of your stops, covering your ground well and, and, and watching a lot of film. There's no, no magic formula to it. But if it comes down to decision-making, I think at a school like Tennessee, we've seen them be among the nation's leaders in offers most years. And there, there's a reason for that. I, I think you, you, know, you see Tennessee recruit basically on a national level in a way that other schools sometimes don't have to. And so that means you've got to be aggressive and, and throw out a lot of offers and kind of see, see what, what surfaces as a, as a realistic option. And certainly in Georgia, they know it's an important state to them. So you're, you're going to cover that, that state as, as well as anywhere. 
and, and they've done the same thing in Alabama, Florida, a number of states. But uh, that's why I think you've seen them do that. They've done a pretty good job with that in Atlanta and making sure that they are proactive and offering the guys who look like they're going to be that type of player um, and not, not being too hesitant to do it. Sometimes you can overthink it with that. Uh, and I think Tennessee is just at a, at a point in its rebuilding process. You've got to be in there early, and they've, they've done a good job of that and understood that since the staff got there. And there's been a lot – we talked about this a little bit in the first segment, but I think it's important enough that I, I, I want to ask it more specifically now. This is one of those deals, again, where Tennessee's gone down to the state of Georgia, gotten a kid that, that Georgia you know, wanted to, and there, there, there's no rule that says you can't go get a three-star from Georgia that Georgia didn't want or a three-star from Alabama that Alabama didn't prioritize and, and turn that kid into an All-American or first-round draft pick. Right? There's no rule that says that can't happen. Things like that do happen. But generally speaking, if Tennessee wants to go from where it is now – to where it has been for most of its or a majority of its football existence, these are the recruiting battles it's got to win. I mean, you're seeing more in this class, I think. Tennessee's getting more guys that that are not just guys that are highly rated, but like you said, Ryan, not just sizzle, a lot of stake too. It seems like in this class they're really starting to put together some of those wins that if you want to be where they want to get to, you got to get these kids. Yeah, and, and sometimes that's beating out of Georgia or Alabama. You know, realistically, that's not going to happen all that often sure, sure. Uh, just at this point. But, but yeah, they are, to your point, I, I think they're beating out just quality programs across the board. You know, Penn State, this is one that maybe uh, wouldn't have caught people uh, the same way this one will, obviously beating out Georgia for, for Shamron Umero. But, you know, to me, beating out Penn State for a guy like Cameron Selden in the state of Virginia, that's, you know, that's a much more of a home territory sort of for Penn State up in that part of Virginia. Uh, and Penn State's got a top five class in the country right now. They're recruiting very well. They're, yes. they're, they're kind of they've caught up on the NIL front, I think, and are being more, more competitive in that space. Um, I've gotten some guys in Alabama, and, you know, Florida, some, some guys in good state and, and some talent filled states. Uh, in the South, they're going down there and getting some talent. So for Tennessee to beat out someone like that for Cameron Selden, I think is a nice win. So yeah, to your point, obviously, Nico Iamaliava certainly could have uh, could have gone almost anywhere in the country. Uh, you're, you're seeing a lot more players like that throughout Tennessee's class. And so, yeah, you're, you're not going to have – not everybody in your class is going to be someone that, that picked Tennessee over that type of program, but you're seeing several examples of that, and that's what you got to have. You, you, you said it well. I mean, you're going to find some, some – you know, Cameron Sutton was a good example of that. Josh Dobbs, he was a four-star from Georgia who wasn't, wasn't pursued by Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, or anyone like that. Um, you can you can find players like that who are kind of those second tier players that maybe you're just finding a finding a, a hidden gem, a steal a little bit. Um, but you've also got to just flat out go and win some recruiting battles at a certain point. And, and Tennessee's definitely doing that on a more consistent basis. So give this staff uh, a lot of credit. And and I, you know, and another point. One of our national analysts, Andrew Ivins, uh, that, that covers the Southeast, uh, does a lot of work in Florida and Georgia. Um, he saw Josh Heupel up close at, uh, at UCF and, and said recently on one of our podcasts, hey, I'll admit it, Josh Heupel's recruiting better than I thought he would based on what he did at, at UCF. He's done a really nice job at Tennessee so far. I like the guys they're bringing in. I like some of their evaluations. You know, they're, they're doing a nice job there and exceeding some expectations. And I, I, you know, We've made that point before, but I think it's worth repeating. You know, The big question a lot of people had about Josh Heupel and this staff when they got to Tennessee was, can they recruit at a high enough level to get Tennessee back? And I think they're clearly well on their way to answering that. And in a way, you know, this, this will sound dismissive, but you know, we, we said this a lot of times in the past too, 
this place tends to recruit itself. Uh, you know, we've, we've seen this, we've been <laughs> kind of gotten in the routine of going through this with different staffs. I haven't seen a coaching staff struggle to recruit to Tennessee, even with all the, all the stuff they've been through. Yes, they have a, there's a power, to, a power of the program for certain. And, and when you get guys on campus, they put on a great show. Uh, it's still on the staff to do a lot of work, but I've yet to see a staff that can come in and not uh, have some success signing top 15 or top 12 classes at some point. The staff is, is next in line with that. But I think that's, again, to this staff's credit, because that was a big question a lot of people had. And Josh Heifel and his staff are clearly answering uh, all of those questions with uh, a pretty resounding, yes, they can recruit. Yeah, and, and right now, I think if you look at all the, the the few teams that are still ahead of Tennessee in the in the you know in the composite rankings, uh, they all have more commitments than Tennessee does. So Tennessee has a really good class and still has room to improve it. So there's and it's the other people are going to keep recruiting too. There's no question about that. But this Tennessee now, class, to me, looks like it's heading toward a place where it is. I mean. It, it's a good looking class, Ryan. It is. Now one point on that, uh, because I've kind of said this all year, I've said that I think a top 10 class is a realistic goal for Tennessee. And I still think it is. I, I'm not saying at all that it's not, but I think as we, as, as you see classes start to fill in more, you see commitments starting to come into place with, with this big summer run that everybody's on right now, sort of uh, you're, you're getting a better sense for what's possible and what's not in terms of a finish in the national rankings. And I think the fact that, you know, I touched on it, Penn State's got a top five class right now. Clemson has bounced back after a little bit of a down year. They're in the top five. Obviously, you got Ohio State yeah, up there. You got, you got Georgia and Alabama with 12 and 11 commits, LSU with, with a dozen commits, USC with 11. The, the, yeah. They're, they're going to rise. So, so that's that, – yeah, that was my point. You've already got some teams up there. You know, uh, Notre Dame still has the number one class in the country. They, they've, you've got a lot of teams up there that are – that are not, or, or several teams, I should say, up there that are not top ten locks every single year. And you know, Penn State's had some good classes, but they're not up there every single year. Texas has had some ups and downs recently. They're going to have a very good class, obviously, with Arch Manning. Uh, so they've they've done a good job there. So a lot more teams, in other words, I think are going to be in that top ten mix. So Tennessee is not at all a lock for a top ten class the way some people probably thought when they when they got Nico Iamaliava and they were in the mix for some of these guys. In the spring, it was look. You know, we heard some talk. Hey, can Tennessee sign a top five class? And I was like, oh, let's maybe bump the brakes on that a little bit. But top ten, absolutely. And I still think the top ten is a very realistic possibility for Tennessee. But it's still going to take some more work because there are so many teams in that mix. And as you said, USC and LSU making up ground quickly. Uh, even teams like Oklahoma down further, Florida down further in the rankings. They're going to go on their runs. They're going to get good players. So can Tennessee hold off some of those teams behind them? and stay ahead of some of the teams that they're in front of right now. Miami's having a great year. You know, there's a lot of teams in that mix. So can you get a top 10 class? It's, it's an open question, but again, I do think Tennessee is very much uh, in the mix for that. and has a very realistic possibility. Just got to do a little more work over the next several months. Well, and I think there's also a couple of players in this Tennessee class who you and I have both said, and you would know better than I would. I'm not going to pretend like we're equals in this realm, but that some of these guys could get bumps in the rating. Some of these guys could be rated a little higher than they are. And so maybe that happens during the season and maybe that changes the complexion of the class. There's a long way before we get to that point. But my, I guess the point overall long was just way. that the point was I just uh, – Tennessee is winning more battles against the kind of programs it needs to be winning battles against on the recruiting trail. That, no, I guess, is, no is, is, is the, the main point. Ron, before we get out of here, before we make this way too long for a breaking news podcast – Offensive line now in this class. We talked about how 
you know, obviously Tennessee really thought it had a chance there with Mountain O at the end. Miami was too much to they, – they, they took a hell of a swing late and got him. Now Tennessee's bounced back with this commitment. You know, where, where are – where, where's Tennessee's – number situation for offensive line what do you think it needs to be for this class and and what all's going on still in the mix there sort of just o-line in general not just tackle but everywhere one more related point on that uh, on that push for a top 10 class too i think this year above all years and this may be just a regular thing from now on could could have a more chaotic finish than ever you know we could see just crazy out of nowhere flips in december because of the NIL stuff that's out there now. So that's one thing to keep in mind is maybe some of these schools that are ahead of Tennessee lose some guys at the last minute. Maybe Tennessee gained some guys at the last minute. We don't know how this is going to play out. So as you said, long, long way to go. And there's more, uh, a, a wider range of outcomes, I think, than ever before because of NIL. So buckle up and stay tuned. I just wanted to put it out there that people penciling them in for a top 10 class, just know there's a lot of competition for that, at least the way things are shaping up. Uh, but yeah, t- on the offensive line, Tennessee definitely off to a, a good start even without Francis Mauingoa in the class. Certainly would have looked a lot better with him, with that five-star top 10 player nationally, uh, anchoring that offensive line class. But still, you've got to like what they've done so far. You know, Umarov uh, certainly gives you a nice uh, a nice headliner for, for now among that group. But uh, you've got Aiden Bustle, the in-state lineman that, that you know, projects as an interior guy, and most likely a guard. And then, uh, and then you've got the two-way lineman that we've talked about before, Trevor Duncan from Knoxville Catholic, who you know, is going to start off on the defensive line. I still think has a chance to end up uh, on the offensive line in the long run, but we'll have to see, you know, wait and see how that shakes out. So two, potentially three offensive linemen currently in this class. Um, they've still got more work to do there. Obviously want at least one more real tackle body. You, you got one in, in Umarov, but that's where the, the, the battles that they're still in for Stanton Ramil, uh, the four-star tackle from, uh, from Thompson high school down in Alabama. And then also Lucas Simmons from Clearwater, Florida, originally uh, from Sweden, uh, those are big time battles that uh, that are, are closing in on their conclusions. I think, at least in terms of initial commitments, uh, Lucas Simmons planned to announce a decision. We know on Monday. I think Tennessee feel like a lot of schools feels that Florida State is kind of the uh, the team to beat there or has been for a while. But Tennessee has really made things at least a little more interesting there and has a shot at Lucas Simmons. So that's at least one to keep an eye on over the next few days as they battle down the stretch and 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 Simmons and his family have their final conversations. Stanton Ramil, that's kind of a Tennessee, Michigan State, Penn State battle with, with maybe Clemson also still in the mix. It's been an interesting recruitment. He's kind of shut things down, not talked a whole lot lately, but Tennessee very much still one of the top contenders for him. So if they can get another one of those athletic long tackles to go along with Umarov, it'll be shaping up to be a pretty nice offensive line class. Still might want to get another another interior guy or someone else to go along with them if you get one of those guys. And if you can get both, hey, that's a massive win. You know, if Tennessee could land all three of those tackles, uh, that would be just a, a, a monumental achievement, honestly, with where Tennessee's offensive line recruiting has been at times in recent years. So we'll see how those battles turn out this month. Those are certainly two big pieces still out there, but certainly that offensive line picture looks a little bit more promising uh, to get a guy like Shamrod Umarov on board and knowing that you know one more tackle out of those two that you're heavily in the mix for and, and you've got a pretty good class shaping up. I think that's probably a pretty good place to leave it. Unless you got anything else, Ryan. I think we've 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 we, we I think we've gotten everything here in this one, but I'm not I'm not quite sure. You got anything else? No, I think that's a good place to leave it. And uh, as we've always said, pretty much throughout the months, stay tuned. We'll probably end up having another one of these again before too long. The way things are going, you're not kidding about that, man. Appreciate the time, Ryan. Thanks. Absolutely. Thanks, Wes. Man.
And there's the button. And now I can say, guys, thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. As always, we always say it, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. If you want uh, just Tennessee news in your feed, nothing else, get that at twitter.com slash govals247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247 and you can get tons of stuff there throughout the day, all day, every day. But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the tap, go get that at govals247.com. The best site on all of Al Gore's internet to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, Basketball, basketball recruiting, uh, baseball, tons of stuff going on there these days, obviously. Lady Vols coverage, where Maria Cornelius does an excellent job all year covering all things Lady Vols for us all the time. we got two forums that run around the clock 24-7, as the name suggests. we got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you can discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with Tennessee fans across the world, pretty much every freaking time zone that exists we've got somebody there we got people up at different hours of the day we got all kinds any time of day anytime you go there you're going to find a bunch of people on there talking tennessee athletics talking sec stuff talking pro sports talking life advice with kids what to get spouses for their for anniversaries uh lawn maintenance just you never know what people are going to be talking about on there and it'll be anything that's not political or religious in nature anything else right there on the board for you to discuss and you can get all that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month after a seven-day free trial that is all that it costs and after you pay or get that seven that seven-day free trial after that you get us that that low rate that's one mediocre lunch per month but you don't just get go 24 7 with that you get access to paramount plus with that for free in perpetuity, you also get access to a growing behemoth of a streaming platform that has every show CBS has ever done commercial free, tons of exclusive stuff uh, that you can only find like, you know, 1883, Picard, Evil, Star Trek, all kinds of stuff that you can only find on Paramount Plus. You got new movies, you got classic movies, old blockbuster franchises, you know, comedies, dramas, horror, everything, stuff for the kids, all of it, all of it, and stuff from the archives. Of, uh, of CBS, obviously, and MTV, BET, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, Smithsonian, all of it, all of it, right there, something for the entire family, and live sports, SEC sports, NFL sports, uh, you got UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, Serie A, French soccer, uh, PGA Tour, you get everything on there, and we, you get all of that, and our site, all of it, for just about 100 bucks and change a year. One of the best deals you can possibly find. And if you don't do it, I don't know what's wrong with you. Go do that. Don't be a fool. Go do that. If nothing else, guys, you should hear from, hear from us in a few days. So until then, uh, try to be good to each other. Try to have basic human empathy for, for people out there in the world. There's not enough of that these days. There's too many a-holes. We don't need that. Be good. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 